Oh, being a beginner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me go get my water. <laughs> Sorry, it's taken me. It took me thirty-three years to actually start enjoying drinking water because of crying so much last year. My body was like, "We're gonna like water now." So, <laughs> gotta hydrate. I had to get this thing to be able to actually drink water. So I can actually count it and make sure that I'm drinking because I'm so bad at it. It took me 33 years. Like, you're you're good. (laughs) So today we're talking about... What are you talking about? Allowing yourself to be a beginner. Hmm. So the reason why I brought this up is because a good friend of mine, a really, really close friend of mine, Stacy, she is getting um, her certification in breath work this weekend. Mm-hmm. And before she left, I was messaging her, asking her like, how are you feeling? Like, what, what are the emotions coming up for you? And she was telling me that she's nervous. And I was like, nervous is good. Nervous is good. This is something new you're doing. This is going to be a great step for you. She's a massage therapist and she does Reiki. So, and okay. she's, she's a healer. She's a healer. She knows this. I know this. Everybody who knows her knows this but most of the time cannot differentiate like what is being nervous and what is um, excitement. You know what I mean? There's an excitement. Our body sees it as the same sometimes. So like, what else? Like, what exactly are you nervous about? And she said, I don't want to fail. I don't want to be bad at it. So what if you're bad at it? You've never done this before. This reminds me of my students, especially kids, right? Because they're like, they're so scared of getting things wrong and like they'll start crying. And I'm like... Well, if you don't feel at it, how are you going to learn it? Interesting. Like, it's the best way. And I feel like that's kind of the programming that we have from our parents too, right? Mm -hmm. Because they always expect the best. And that's what they're encouraging you for. They're like, you got to do the best. This is the mark that they want or the grade that they want and blah, blah, blah. And they have all of these feelings inside and they can't really handle it. So it's like, I get, I need to get it right. And I'm like, no, you got to fail. And that's the beauty of it. And I'll show you how not to do the same thing again. Do you feel like it's kind of both? Because that's what I'm realizing. Because as you're talking both about ways. this, like it's kind of, it's when you talk about kids, because I feel like on mm-hmm. one part, kids are really great at this because they're fearless. You know what I mean? At least when I talk, when I'm thinking about kids, that because like, I used to be a nanny and like I've been around kids a lot, and I feel like kids mm-hmm. are so fearless. They're gonna go into it. They're gonna. But then there's another problem when it comes to like exactly. So when it comes to like academia, like things that adults have told them, this is what's needed, and that's the part where yes, they yes, they yes. hold themselves back. But if mm-hmm. a kid, if you just witness a kid being a kid they're so fearless they're gonna give it a try they're gonna jump they're gonna sell they're gonna get back up and do it again they're gonna you know without the parents or without the adult supervision telling them do it this way this is the right way so do you think it's both I actually watched a reel where this I think this woman she was talking about um her dad if I'm not mistaken and she was saying that um you know he would always every night at like dinner time ask them what they failed at not what they did good and then that gave them such a big thing later in love that they're like oh today I didn't fail at anything which means I didn't learn anything 
-hmm. And I thought that was so beautiful. And I'm like, we need to focus on that side more. So yeah, I think when it comes to things that they're doing by themselves, it could be drawing, for example, mm -hmm. that nobody really tells them, oh my God, this is great. Or exactly. they don't have that conditioning, right? Because whatever kids draw, we're like, oh, it's beautiful, right? So they actually feel confident there and they'll like do whatever. You show them something, they're like, okay, I'll draw that. But when it comes to tests or quizzes or this, that spelling test, they'll be freaking out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's funny that you say that about the what did you fail at because just like with everything else, you know, just like with everything else, it's not always so black and white because it's like maybe right. for that person, it was a good thing. But then for me, I would think if my every day my parent asked me, what did you fail at? It would, yeah, every day is a little. You know what? For me, it would be, it would make <laughs> me feel like, oh, wow. Okay. So I fell at everything then. Like there's so many things I felt. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's but not imagine, always so black and white. I agree with that. But imagine that um, when you fail at something, they actually like that mm -hmm. and they motivate you and they think that it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. That changes the whole aspect of, you know, getting it right. Because yeah. they're actually teaching you that failing is a good thing so you get to learn and that's yeah. how we learn yeah and I thought that was so good maybe not doing it every night obviously <laughs> or whatever um but it's it's such an important thing to learn that it's okay and especially with teaching languages mm -hmm. people are so scared to talk to yeah. get the thing wrong and that's why usually speaking is the hardest right because yeah. we want to present ourselves at the best we want to sell it like we act like we're items that we want to sell. I don't know why we have this conditioning, but like it's crazy. And it's so hard for people to speak. Yeah. And that's why I always tell my students, I'm like, let you make mistakes because mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to actually make someone understand that it's okay. So one of the things that be perfect. One of the things that I learned in NLP like a couple of years ago is that, and this is, it became one of my life's philosophy, I would say. There's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. So it's like, and when I adopted this mindset, it changed mm -hmm. so much for me. Obviously it didn't like change my whole life to the point of like, oh my God, now everything, you know, but it does get me to take a step back. Cause even though you talk about the language part, right? Because as you know, like I don't speak French fluently anymore. Cause when I moved mm -hmm. to the States, I stopped speaking French. And although I lived in a French speaking province for five years, I didn't speak French. Mm. lots of reasons why I didn't speak French but one of them one of them is mainly because yeah like I didn't want to make any mistakes I didn't want to sound a certain way because when I did try to speak French you know my ex would tell me oh you sound prissy or oh, you sound like oh I can't speak with you I can't speak to you in this language because you just you sound weird you sound different you sound you know so like I stopped even trying but also because i internalize it because it's like I could have been like so what so what you think I sound this way you know there are other people who think I sound like I'm singing there are other people who mm -hmm. love my accent there are other people who mm -hmm. want to hear me speak but I internalize it for me it became like oh well, I don't want to make any mistakes so I'm not even gonna try you know yeah no I can so relate to that because when I first came here obviously I practiced my Turkish and everything I knew it but I couldn't speak for a month because it was just so weird and I 
it was just weird. I can't even explain it. Yes. And then when I got used to it and was speaking and all that, you know, whoever that would make any comment about my accent, it would freak me out and make me so disappointed. Because, like, I worked so hard for this, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's just an important thing to remember that it's okay to make mistakes. We're not perfect. The perfectionism, where do you think that comes from? Mm. I was going to say. Somewhere I read that it's it's a protective mechanism that we have. Perfectionism? Yeah. Absolutely. Ah, okay. So give me your side up. Absolutely, for sure. Well, even as I just, like I was just saying with the language thing, it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to appear. I don't want to fail at something. I don't want to like not be good at something. And Mm -hmm. in this case, it was, it's speaking French. It's the language aspect of it. Therefore, I'm not even going to try because I'm not going to get it perfectly. Mm -hmm. But again, going back to like the beginning of us saying like, it depends, right? It depends because even if we talk about like adults, now we're, 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 not the kids anymore, but not like, as, not as adults. When you think about, you're scared to try something, right? But you're excited by it. You're nervous by it, but you're scared by it because you don't want to not be perfect at it. But there are also other aspects where people would rather start something new than continue something because it got difficult or because, you know what I mean? Even thinking about like a new relationship. So many people jump from relationship to relationship you know what I mean where they jump into something new because it's exciting it's this and that and that fear of failing is so far away now you know what I mean that it's like it's not close anymore it's like oh this is a new person maybe there's a chance I'm not gonna fail this one so therefore I'm gonna take more of a chance or risk with this one you know what I mean so it goes back to like it's just it's so awesome that I'm like and it just takes that that mindset switch that mindset shift you know, so the things that you're afraid to start on, the things that you're afraid to fail at, it's like, what is something in your life that you haven't been afraid to start or you haven't been afraid to continue on? And like, what is that shift that it took to now see that situation as something else? And how can we bring those lessons or those ways of looking at it into like this specific situation? Yeah, actually, <laughs> when you were talking, um... I thought of people that are stuck in one job. You know how there's some people that have worked in the same job for like 20 years mm-hmm. or like it could be lasted like five years and mm-hmm. they'll keep on complaining and they won't go looking for something else. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, if you're not enjoying it, just go leave it. But we like the safety and comfort. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to leave that, no matter if you're suffering. Mm-hmm. What is that quote? It's oh like, my God, this is going to go so... <laughs> okay, yeah. Obviously, of course. But there's a quote that says, um, it's something about like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. So even though somebody um, might even though somebody might complain and, and bitch and moan about certain parts, if they're not doing anything to improve it, they're so stuck and they become comfortable in that space. So it's like, they're going to complain every day and like be miserable every day, but it's a miserable that they're comfortable. It's a miserable that they know other than the, you know, thinking like, oh, well, if I'm not improving this, because like, I'm so stuck in this specific way of seeing things or experiencing something and mm-hmm. I want to improve it, but I'm not doing anything about it. You know, well, I'd rather be in it because trying something new 
what if it's worse what if i'm more miserable what if it's you know all the what ifs instead of like making a choice and just you know in that choice being for you to fully take it as like for me an adventure you know my thing i'm always like it's an adventure <laughs> everything's an adventure to me yeah, it is it's life. life life is the greatest adventure to me <laughs> that's what it is though i feel like if you're not trying then we're not getting anywhere too yeah. yeah, yeah. I I mean I didn't want to go that route, but you you opened that door. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it comes with this feeling, right? With the yeah. fear. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I feel like it just doesn't make sense to me. That I guess that's not who I am as a person too, because I like yeah. to dive in. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm pretty logical too. I couldn't even say that. You are. I feel like you're one of the people in my life that has like a nice balance. Really? Because I feel like I'm like going between my mind, my heart, my soul all the time. Oh, God. I think they're way more in harmony than you realize. Oh, tears. Here we go again. (laughs) Always. Uh, No, I feel like. I, I do like to dive into things um, with a little bit of logic. Yeah. Because don't want to let that go fully. Um, but also, it's just if you're not trying, you're not experiencing too. We're not living too. You're not growing. Exactly. You, you're stagnant. <laughs> if you're always in your comfortable zone, then where are you going to go from there? You know, it's years like, and years, you know, I used to say, what is a comfort zone? Because to me, it was like, and people would praise me. People would be like, you're always trying something new. Like, you're everything that, like, interests you. You actually give it a try. I'm like, yeah, because, like, what is a comfort zone? What is a comfort zone? To me, I just, like, it's not a thing for me. You know what I mean? It's like, I do want to try things. I do want to, you know, this little box that people or I put myself in. I do want to break out of it. And also because, again, life is the greatest adventure. If I'm not dancing with it, if I'm not doing it, like, what is the purpose of me being here? To just be comfortable and be in my little box and like, oh, I'm happy and that's it. There's so many things I haven't experienced yet. There's so many people I haven't loved yet. There's so many trees I haven't hugged yet. (laughs) That is so true. I feel like the more materialistic things you have or you hold on to, it could be even money, or status it takes it away from you truly experiencing and living if that makes sense attachments right like I love attachments I think they're great things but also the the knowledge the awareness of knowing that nothing is here to last forever nothing is really ours nothing is really ours Our bodies are not ours. (laughs) So yeah, uh, I think that's another thing to kind of focus on. Uh, Oh, so good. I I wanted to eventually make it that way, but of course you already took it there. Of course. Attachment. (laughs) Attachment. If you if you even look at anything having to do with spirituality, attachment 
and like detachment is always on there and I I believe people take it the wrong way I believe people think it means that you have to be cold and separate I don't think that's it at all I think it's fully distance yourself or stop your feelings or not dive into it but here's how I see it I'm like it's to fully immerse yourself when it's there to fully experience it when it's there. I mean, fully go all in. And when it no longer aligns, when it no longer, you no longer have that feeling where you no longer want to do something, instead of being stagnant and being stuck in there, to detach from it. People have such a hard time with letting go of things, of places, of, and I'm so freaking glad, as much as I, when I was a child, I hated the fact that I moved around so much. I hated this because I was always a new kid at school. I was always a foreign kid. I was always whatever. But as I grew into an adult, I realized what a gift this skill my mother gave me. What a gift. I just got like full body chills. (laughs) But like what a (laughs) gift because uh, like when I I immigrated to Canada, I was coming with two suitcases and I had to leave one behind. The one that I left behind had all of my baby pictures in it had like videos from like my communion from like birthday parties had so many of my childhood things in it and that's the suitcase I chose to leave behind which is nuts because you're like you know but the other one was more important to me the other one was these are things that I can wear I'm going to a cold climate things that I have from Haiti it's not going to serve me it's not going to serve me in this new climate why it just it just made sense to me to just take the stuff that I would know that I would need in this new phase of my life in this new place and leave behind the things. Of course, I would love to have my baby pictures back. My friend actually has a suitcase in her basement somewhere. What? Aw, okay, that's beautiful. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's been, it's been 14 years. <laughs> but, you know, like people are so attached to things and I don't think we realize like how deep it goes. This attachment, it goes so deep. Like even... um. Like my business, walking away from my business last year, you know, like, does it hurt? Of course it hurts because I worked so hard for it. That hurts me. But but it also wasn't as hard as... That was just not fair. I have to say that. And sometimes life is not fair. And sometimes, you know, life is not, things happen. But to me, it's like... Life is not fair. It was not as hard as people perceive it to be. Because whenever I like bring it up, a lot of people in my life are like, wow, like you worked so hard for this, blah, 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 all of this. And I'm like, right. And, and I almost feel like that was an old life of mine that I had to leave things behind and like in order to move into the next stage. And that was one of them. And even before that, you know, when. Um, no, that we, was something we also talked about back then. Yeah. But you know, we're talking about moving to Mexico. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about moving to Mexico in 2021. You know, I was yeah. so ready to like, we can set up the business in a way that we can actually not be so stuck in it, not be, but this is you me. You never I'm a very... had that mindset. You never had that mindset. You were like, you know, Let's you go. could <laughs> work it out. Yeah. Even being away. Yeah. We could, or we don't have to. Yeah. We can create other things. And, and that's, that's something beautiful detachment because it's like again nothing is mine nothing is ours we're there to experience things at a certain amount of time is when we get stuck on this idea of forever or something it's like oh I have to have this with me all the time that's when we we prolong our suffering you know that's when we keep the suffering going we have that a lot with people right 
absolutely it's a hard lesson to learn it's a hard skill to have but I honestly believe it's it's necessary and I don't think it's something that's talked about enough in this way of being clear and logical it's mainly talked about in a spiritual sense of again just kind of like oh okay like cut off and that's it but it's like it doesn't have to be that exactly I completely agree with that because sometimes it's just too much for me the way some people put it and I'm like um that doesn't go for me but um putting it this way it just feels right yes too much of everything is bad right so attachments too or anything else but I feel like we have a lot of those material attachments as well as people Mm -hmm. right which comes from the the conditioning the Mm -hmm. system I feel like because they want to put you in this spot that you're comfortable you feel safe and secure and after a while you don't want to get out of your (laughs) should I go there (laughs) oh my god so I don't know I feel like we're just stuck there even marriage if you think about it why do we have marriage right why would you do this to me (laughs) we had we had this conversation because we had this conversation (laughs) over the week about marriage and you could just go bring it back up (laughs) well the thing is i i look at marriage differently right Mm. like i'm not a marriage person (laughs) but i married by the way the way I do marriage is different the way we're actually I should say we because it's two of us so we chose to stay I guess in a girlfriend boyfriend state relationship or what does that mean what does that mean meaning that I hate being called married or say husband because I feel like when you say those words there is a concept in people's minds that you know after you're married you have less um free time you have less um you're not available as much for others or even for yourself or you gotta have kids you have uh you know nine to five come home and then be with your husband with your kids that lifestyle that we all think of and we're not free anymore and I just, I, I can't do that. I don't love that. I, I believe in a more, you know, more balanced relationship where people have their own time and they have their freedom and choose each other every single day. Doesn't matter if you're married or not, you got to be choosing that person every day. And I feel like when, yeah, and I feel like when I say partner, it just fits in better than marriage because the marriage concept in our world is so off Mm -hmm. I think you know the mom has nothing else to do than the housework and job and now uh, sorry housework and kids and now nowadays we also have to work so it's like everything is on you and then the men in most of the cases right they're just working and it's like where is the balance? Why do you need such a lifestyle if the man is only going to work and coming home, cannot even be a good father or a good husband or, you know, then why do you need that? And I hate this system that we are raised in knowing, thinking that this is okay and this is how it's going to be. So do you limiting th- ourselves. 
that's my main problem with it the freedom the limiting yeah and i don't like that for anyone so the marriage rate is declining has been declining the past like decade or so even more so i think since the pandemic but do you think it's because how can i question how can i ask this question do you think it's because people are realizing more and more that the government doesn't have to be involved in your partnership because what you described to me is a partnership. It's not necessarily like marriage. And, you know, like exactly. we had this conversation this week where I was like, I've never really, <laughs> I've never really considered or thought about marriage. And I'm 34 years old now. I've been in three long-term relationships. And I, well, the first one he did actually propose, but I turned it down. We were kids. We, we had no, like, no. <laughs> but, you know, my last two long-term relationships, marriage never really came up because I was very clear from the beginning that I was like I don't really want to get married if it happens it happens but it would be more of a like oh if we were somewhere and I'm like oh let's get married and we got the feeling because to me what I was always more focused on is the partnership aspect and as somebody who's very independent as somebody who is I love my alone time I've always loved my alone time like I need to be all I need to replenish myself but I also do love being in a partnership I love giving so much of myself I love being there fully for somebody mm -hmm. and I require that in return and to me that doesn't necessarily mean marriage so what I was going to go back with the question is do you think maybe it's the label I can comment on that should I <laughs> do you... well, maybe I shouldn't change the subject okay <laughs> do you it's think you don't know <laughs> okay sorry do you think maybe it's the labels that we're attaching to too much maybe because just like in a partnership, just like in anything, it's the mm -hmm. people that make the rules, the people that come together and say, these are the conditions, these I are the think. rules, these are the, the things that I need and the things that I want in order to show up, in order to be, in order to be in this unit. I think that's where we're going wrong, actually, because mm. we are thought this specific thing of what marriage is, and we're going by that. And people don't really do their own thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's changing nowadays a little bit, but usually the cultural way of looking at it in Turkey, oh my God, crazy. But even in Canada, I see a lot of people that, you know, they're always at their parents. They're always with the kids. They have that life everywhere, pretty much. I feel like people are missing the concept of we can make whatever we want happen in this label people are stuck on like looking a certain way or like wanting to be the best and not realizing that you know it takes like it takes a how i see it is that it takes like a compound a compounding effect like you're adding on to you're adding on to your skill set you're making it better you're making it you know what i mean like when you're starting something new because people are so scared about looking like a beginner at it it's like I love, I love being a beginner. Like I decided yeah. a very long time ago that life was going to be an adventure. I was going to be a lifelong learner. I was always going to be learning. I was always going to be improving. I was always going to, and not just like, oh, I'm striving for more and more and more. It's more of to fully enjoy something. I want to go deep into it. That's how I see the world. It's like, I really want to immerse myself. I want to be in it fully. And for me, that you know like if you're in something fully and you're experiencing it in its full capacity yeah you're gonna get better yeah you go you know what I mean you're gonna get more comfortable in a way that you're always looking to go deeper into it 
While you were talking, I was actually questioning if we really know the difference between being excited, nervous, and fear, which is something you talked about earlier, but a lot of times we just don't know what it is, right? It kind of took me a flashback to when I first started teaching, like my very first day when I walked into a class. I was only going to do speaking, so it should be really easy for any of us to do, but I was literally shaking. And it's like, is it that I'm scared of it or is it that I don't know what this feeling is and I'm not, I'm not sure what to expect, Mm -hmm. that I'm nervous Mm -hmm. or am I just excited to be able to experience things? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, oh my God, with my students, I spend so much time, especially with the kids to talk about feelings, that Mm -hmm. feelings and emotions topic, Mm -hmm. it lasts so long for me because I feel like it's so important to make sure that they know what each feeling is Mm because the only way we can figure out ourselves is by knowing our feelings and I feel like so many times we don't actually know what we're feeling and it takes time right to stop to process it to sleep on it to go back to it and the thing is emotional intelligence is so 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 important and i think we need to talk about this more and more especially in the world that we're living right now where we're exposed to so many different things and it gets very cloudy to know like what is my emotion what is another person's emotion how can i set boundaries in a way to like protect myself not to keep you know to like punish or or resent somebody else but to like protect Mm -hmm. myself in a way to show up for myself more because the more i show for myself the better i can show up for somebody else People are walking around not knowing how to regulate their emotions. They shut and repress. And then when the emotions come, it's like the whole thing has been open. When it's like, yeah. if we knew how to regulate emotions, these big things, this big crisis, this big like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on, wouldn't be as bad because we would then know how to process it, how to deal with it. And nervous system is, oh my goodness, it's such a huge thing because as much as we don't acknowledge this, Many of us are walking around in survival mode. We are constantly stressed. We are constantly stressed under survival mode. And when you're under survival mode, the process that you do to survive is not the same as you're going to do to thrive. It's not the same as you're going to do to rest. It's not going to be the the same. And even being able to to distinguish and differentiate, you know, survival mode, because this is something that's coming up for me a lot recently, I'm realizing that. I've been in survival mode for more than half of my life. If anything, I think the first time I had a panic attack at nine years old, ever since then, I've been under survival mode. I've had little moments where I've been in, like, I've been in, like, thriving little gaps. But as a whole, it took me, I think, until, like, maybe, like, two months ago to realize, holy crap, I've literally been living under survival mode my whole life. This is insane. And it's, like, a lot of the... A lot of the things in my life that you know I've had issues with, and I'm like, oh, there's like a resistance or something. And I've been able to train myself to like relax and to acknowledge and to feel my feelings and to process and the mindset work and all of these things. But those things are only temporary until you really get to the root of I'm under survival mode and I no longer want to be. Now, how do I get out of this? How do I structure my life? How do I, you know what I mean, have a lifestyle that's about me thriving? And that and does include me to be. that allows me to be, and it does include being comfortable 
with being uncomfortable. They didn't cool with being comfortable with starting new. They didn't cool with, and again, for somebody who's always starting something new, we all know this, being honest with myself about, you know, what is it behind that? You know, like what is it behind? Like what is the purpose of always starting something new? Like, yeah, multi-passionate, blah, 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 these things. But like, what is it that's keeping me from stopping from following through with something fully? What is it that, you know what I mean? Like really being honest with myself has been like, oh shit, another deeper layer it's of me. Hard. It's not easy to, I think it's you know. hard. I don't think it's hard. I think it's not familiar. Oh, that could be it. But it, it's it's definitely something we're not used to, to do, right? Go deep in yourself and be like, so what is the core of this? Am I angry? Am I frustrated? Am I disrespected? Do I not want this for myself? And why? And questioning all the layers that there is to it. And then finding your emotions and seeing what you really want. Mm-hmm. 14 years ago, honestly, I realized that my inner world was always going to be with me. Therefore, I had to make sure that I felt safe in my inner world. I accept myself in this way. I'm comfortable with me. Mm-hmm. I have gone through it and I know me and I'm okay with it. Yeah. But how do I have this as a lifestyle and choose this for me in the outsider world? The link between like thriving on the inside in that way in realizing that my outside world has been so much under survival mode that yeah, that's okay. yeah so that's the part that I'm like okay so now that like I have the inner you know like uh you know what I mean it's like now okay <laughs> now the outside world now I'm deconstructing so the process that I went through with my inner world now I'm going through my outside my outer world and deconstructing okay. that you know what I mean deconstructing because yeah, like I said like I you know, this emotional things. I'm like very open with like who I am. Mm-hmm. Like I don't try, for the most part, I don't try to like fit into boxes. The times that yeah. I have accommodated people in my life is because I, for some reason, told myself that going against my intuition, going against myself was the better thing for whatever that relationship or that reason was, which always bites me in the ass. But but it, it's even that like intuition. You were talking <laughs> earlier. You were talking about logic and how you. You know, you feel like your heart, your mind, your logic battles. But I don't believe, and I told you, like, I actually don't believe that's true for you. Because people think intuition is based on emotions, right? For me, when you talk about your heart and your soul and your logic, to me, the free and harmony is your intuition. So to me, it's not separate. It's the same. It's another level of intelligence that we don't necessarily tap into all the time, but Again, it's just like a skill that we can tap into all the time. So to me, when you said that, I was like, I actually don't see that at all. And I've known you for so long. So for me, it's like when I look at you and I see the choices that you made, and the choices that you continue making, I'm like, your heart, soul, and your logic are always involved. So to me, I think you live from your intuition in a way that most people don't. And it's not separate. It's in harmony. It is all in harmony. You're going to hide behind us. <laughs> But it's true, if you talk about intuition, people, you know, tend to like roll their eyes and like, oh, that's not real. I need facts, blah, blah, blah. But it's another level. Okay, of- we can just say gut if that makes it easier. Because, you know, a lot of people have easier levels with words. Go but even then, <laughs> when you talk about your gut, you don't think about 
do logic into it because you're like, oh, it's just something I feel. Mm-hmm. But if you deconstruct it, for sure there's logic behind it as well. We just don't like to mention this part. We don't like to see it. Most people don't even see it. Yeah, maybe that's because logic is known as a specific thing and uh, and feelings are completely separate separated from that. Yeah. Who, who says this? Who came up with this? Who decided this was this is the way that it is? Are we going to question that? Should I go there? <laughs> I think the lesson that or this stuff, anybody listening to this or even for me and you in the future, because I'm obviously mm. going to listen to this again is to realize that starting new, starting something as a new, as a newbie or as a novice is a great thing because it gives you the opportunity to be like, I'm starting something new. I am getting feedback. It's feedback. It's not failure. It's feedback. It's feedback of, is this for you now? Not yet. Take a step back. Okay, keep going with it or not keep going with it or figure out this is not for me at all. It's feedback. Exactly. And having that switch, I think, has helped me a lot. And I don't know, maybe it could help you too. Yep. Any last final words? Just listen to yourself and do what you want and put yourself first. Mm. But see, even that, I feel like we need to do a whole episode of listening oh, to yeah. yourself. Because <laughs> most people don't know themselves. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm I'm not gonna open my mouth because that'll be another hour. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um but yes, that could be our topic for the next one. There we go. Yeah, Intuition and how to know yourself and to to listen oh to yourself. I love it. Oh god. I love it. <laughs> okay, I gotta go. Okay, so. enjoy your lesson. It was great Bye. to see your face as always. You're stunning. You smell nice, probably, most likely. <laughs> I'm actually going to go shower after my lesson. <laughs> okay, well, keep in touch. Not like we don't talk to each other like every hour. but Every you know. single day? <laughs> well, you be good to yourself. And everyone else. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.